War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Petro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at our website, Petro.com. It's Monday. This portion of the program, PR, Landscape Materials, and Garden Center. Mother's Day is coming. Oh, stop in, see everything available, and now including annuals, perennials, trees and shrubs, hanging pots, 10-inch, 12-inch moss baskets. They have hanging impatience, pansy, marigold bags, large selection, beautiful patio pots, vegetable plants and herbs, tropical mandevillas, hibiscus plants, screen loom, mulch also available, pickup and delivery, mulch, dark pine, black hemlock, crushed stone full-scale nursery everything you need to make your home a showstopper gift certificates are available look for them on facebook they have a great facebook page pr landscape materials and garden center 3688 quaker lane north kingstown open every day stop in or call them 295-4399 mother's day is coming stop in and see them pr landscape materials and garden center well folks it is monday we have made it to May. Check out the website, depetro.com and depetro.com, which is brought by the Senadale Revival, 2025 uh, Smith Street, North Providence. Stop in for lunch. Stop in for dinner. Stop in for a drink at Senadale Revival. And there's plenty of free parking over there. Uh, we'll check out the website, depetro.com. Number one, there was a brutal accident over the weekend, a uh, road rage fatal accident. You can see I, I stumbled upon it, so to speak. But we have the video of that. Um, and then also... Uh, you can also see the latest. I, I just, the more I talked with people over the course of the weekend, folks, you just wonder, you know, what exactly is going on with the McKee, the McKee campaign. His numbers are underwater. Governor McKee left for vacation. He's taking, I guess, the week off. His staff says, oh, he'll be available in case something happens. But it's it's very odd in the midst of this is graduation season. This is, you know, the General Assembly is still in session. Um you know what's just odd is okay most people would just wait until if governor mckee now maybe because of the primary right he can't take any time or he's not going to take any time off for july and august uh and maybe this is for his final vacation before you know the the, the real stretch run because normally you all you would do is wait two months and then you could go you know take vacation after the fourth of july but Governor McKee, folks, his numbers are his polling numbers, especially uh, that morning console poll. He is absolutely underwater. He, Governor McKee, has lost the independence. He is still somewhat popular with Democrats, although not progressive Democrats. But where he he certainly doesn't have the Republican voters. But he's really lost the the independent voters, and I don't know if there's enough time to try to win them back i think he's lost a big part of the business crowd he has lost a lot of the small business crowd and also you know i go to uh one of his supporters was always that mayor of johnston johnson mayor policina and policina has soured on on governor mckee saying he's gone too far left and he wants to give driver's license to illegals and he's giving all these bonuses to state workers and throwing a, throwing money around left and right um he is at a shaky time hey also there's a new book that's out this week by two writers from the new york times and i want to give credit ted nisi wpri channel 12 he has good info in there that apparently how about this it's info on former governor Rhode island governor gina raimondo she broached in february of 2020 before the pandemic she approached the biden people and said that joe biden should leave the race and endorse michael bloomberg she was beyond all in if you're on the bloomberg candidacy so the fact that she did that now think of that biden went on bloomberg basically had to pull out after one debate got absolutely crushed elizabeth warren ended the mike bloomberg candidacy on that debate stage but what saved gina raimondo was the pandemic because during the pandemic everyone had a free you know kind of a reset and she came out as you know she's the governor and the governor of the northeast she got a lot of press time and and she was seen as like a real take charge take control type individual but prior to the, the biden people that did think how that sat with them 
not only was she wrong, not only did Bloomberg exit the race quickly, but Biden went on to win the nomination. But that supposedly, according to this new book coming out this week from two reporters from the New York Times, that really irked the uh, the Biden people that she actually had the gall and the nerve to say, listen, you know, he's not going to win. So what you should do is in, in, in uh, he should exit the race and instead he should be supporting Mike Bloomberg. So now, again, what's remarkable about they also talk about um, in the book that apparently last fall last september when you know the whole debacle of the afghanistan pullout when president biden went to dover's air force base to to grieve and meet the families because the american bodies 13 of them i believe were killed at that that uh, kabul airport that on the way back to the white house he stopped uh solo at trinity church in dc and who was sitting in a pew in the church but commerce secretary Raimondo with her daughter cece and they invited and president biden sat with them and then during the sign of peace according to the book that president biden said to gina Raimondo, thank you for being such a good friend to me boy timing is everything folks talk about being in the right place at the at the right time so it's a new book but that's interesting that even though she really irked the biden people by asking him to leave the race right before the pandemic february 2020 and endorsed bloomberg she not only managed to get on their radar screen as a vp candidate but ended up joining the cabinet folks this portion of the john DePetro show what a nice weekend it was grilling season is here how's your grill is it time for a new grill stop it and see my friends jay's broadway appliance and tv you could drive right up to the front door and get a grill today 47 cedar swamp road route 5 in smithfield call them 949-7800 you deal directly with the owner they've been in business since 1963 and remember they'll match or beat any deal so you're not gonna get any lower money than there and they're open monday through friday from 10 to 5 saturday and sunday by appointment jay's broadway appliance and tv 47 cedar swamp road route 5 in smithfield folks you are listening to the john DePetro show propane plus for heating and cooling call propane plus today in massachusetts 508-252-3359 in rhode island propane plus number 401-885-4209 it's the johnson family it's propane plus the leading full service provider of propane to rhode island and southeastern mass not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries but they can service your entire heating cooling system and install any propane or natural gas appliances locations in east greenwich and also in rehoboth remember propane plus is energy for everyone it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and also now it's renewable online at propaneplus.com propane plus heating and cooling in massachusetts call the rehoboth office 508-252-3359 and in rhode island 401 401- 885-4209 you can depend on propane plus folks you're listening to the john DePetro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website dipetro.com it's time for a segment politics this week joining me he is the managing editor incorising.com it is our friend justin Katz. justin i'd like to start off you know, these um, it's what's some politicians, and a lot of times they say, you know, polls go up, polls go down. We don't pay attention. The fact of the matter is, they, you know, in reality, they do they do pay attention. And this this morning consult poll that came out, uh, you know, back in the fall and at the end of the summer when Governor McKee was enjoying a sixty percent approval rating in Rhode Island, he certainly had a little bit of a skip in his step, and I think. It, at least one press briefing he even mentioned well as you saw the poll numbers i mean they act like that well boy you know that was then this is now welcome to may uh third least popular governor in the country according to this morning console poll that has come out uh, governor mckee has dropped 18 points that's the largest point drop of any governor who's seeking uh, re-election you can't just say well you know it's it's our area of the country or it's across the board Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker is the most popular governor uh, in the country, 72 or 75 percent approval rating. 
Governor of Connecticut, Ned Lamont, he's well into the 50s. Governor Sununu of New Hampshire, Republican, high approval rating. Uh, I saw that Ted Nisi of of Channel 12 actually broke it out a little bit more. He got more info. And seemingly where Governor McKee has really lost voters with disapproval is independence. What I saw was he was 60 20, 60% approval with Democrats. 20% 20% disapproval, but with independence, he's, he's underwater. Obviously, with the Republicans, he is. So I want to start off. I, I think it kind of mirrors where the governor is right now as far as I, I would have been surprised if he had had high approval ratings. I think he's had a bad couple of weeks and even months. Oh, yeah, certainly. I mean, <laughs> I remember being somewhat surprised they were as high as they were in November. Uh, yeah. when, they, when he was almost at 60%, and it's completely flipped since then. Uh, what, what I find interesting, and I, I think the, the idea that it's independence is, is, tells us something important. I mean, he, he doesn't have the worst, by a long shot, uh, active disapproval. So 40% of Rhode Islanders actively disapprove him of him. You, you compare that with somebody like um, Kate Brown in Oregon, where she actually has more a majority of her voters yes. disapprove of her. So yep. what that suggests is it's a lot of people who, when when we were wondering why he was so high in the fall, you know, people hadn't yet caught on to things that we were already seeing. And I think right now what we see is a lot of doubt. I mean, people don't dislike him; they just don't they don't know what to make of it. And so I'm I'm sure, for example, the the investigations from the FBI are having an effect, but people aren't. I don't think people are ready to say he's a crook kid you know, or anything like that. Uh, and so I think that's, that's where it is right now. It's, it's just this kind of doubt. People who thought he was going to be pretty good are souring. They can't quite put their finger on it, but he just doesn't seem to be handling things well. That's, that's my takeaway from this. And, you know, he could come back from that. 18%, that the difference between 42% approving and, and uh, 40% disapproving is 18% who, who don't really know, <laughs> you know, they're just kind of, yeah, I'm not willing to say one way or another. So there's opportunity there. Uh, and, but as we've been, it's become a running theme over, over months now, he's not, doesn't seem like somebody who himself, or maybe it's his team, but they don't seem like they're the kind of people to take advantage of opportunity very well. That's a good point. You know, as you look over the next couple of weeks and months though, I'm not sure what would be significant that could, turn the tide um i i think as you said i i think that people kind of had to wait and see and maybe they were optimistic about governor mckee in the beginning but i i think once people start to make up their mind and they disapprove of the job you're doing i i think it's it's harder to, to get that back now with the same token you know that's not the news that he wants um it it, it certainly hurts as you continue to try to raise money i think also just in this business that where governor mckee folks last week announced this thursday is this RIPAC forum they're doing so the rhode island public expenditure council um they're doing a lunchtime forum and last week it was announced that governor mckee is pulled out of that forum but i think if if you look at the trappings of the story um twice in the past he confirmed and said he would be there I, I, I would do also want to get your thought. Ashley Kalis, the the Republican candidate, she's going to be at the forum along with Matt Brown and Helena folks and Nellie Gorbea and also that Dr. Louis Mones, um, who really has had, you know, I don't think a, he's, he's not running a, a serious campaign, but he's, he's definitely in the mix. But I think it, it kind of shows and highlights the problems with the McKee people where, you know, he backs out and now he's saying, He'll only debate in July once everybody's firmed up and heard their papers in. But you come back to Justin, how did it reach that point that twice the McKee people, you know, agreed and there's emails to prove it with Rypak confirming his presence there. And then, you know, it's like the right hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing. Now they're trying to peddle the story that he's out of town on an anniversary trip with his with his wife. Um, I think the, him and then him saying, oh, I, I want to, you know, I've been clear about this. I think in some ways it kind of sums up how he has been, which is you, you just get the sense there isn't strong communication within the whole administration and campaign. 
Yeah, I I think you could say a lot more than that. I I mean, the the idea that it it reminds me kind of of the the controversy with giving retention bonuses or or whatever it was. It started out as as vaccine incentives. That's right. For state workers. It's not only that he he his policies are bad and he's making bad political decisions. It's that he comes up with these really lame excuses. I'm going to wait till all the candidates are declared. What? No. I mean, that's just, it's just, it's just a silly thing to say. And what it, the signal it really sends is they're nervous. I mean, if you had, if it were say Charlie Baker, who's at the top of top of the list yep. of popular governors, if it were him, you, the obvious analysis would be, okay, well, he's riding high. He doesn't need to give a forum to these contenders. So yeah, he's, he could stay away and, and diminish the, the approach, the reach of this forum for the, his opposition. But he's not riding high. It's not as if he has a, he's going to you know, lend credence to them and then has, has some sort of authority that he's going to give them simply by appearing on the same stage. No, he has to convince voters, uh, as I just said a few minutes ago, that he's up to the job. 18% of the voters in that poll don't know. But they, they did. They, presumably, they did approve of him a few months ago. Now they don't know. That's where you need to be out there. You need to be showing yourself to be in command of the issues that your opposition is not credible. So, you know, if he doesn't in that sense, he politically he wouldn't want uh, he, he wants to go up against somebody like Munez who's going to go up there and talk about how we need a $35 an hour minimum wage. I mean, that's he right. needs to be, that's an opportunity for the governor to be in contrast to some pretty far out there policies that really are just ridiculous. And, but so you, yeah, I think he's just, I don't know. He, I think he's nervous that his, his people don't think he presents well, which is true. And that he'll say something foolish and that he gets, he gets in these fits of uh, thinking he has a talking point. Like we talked about a few weeks ago, yeah. uh, you know, who's going to have the courage to report when I'm cleared by the FBI, you know, right. that sort of talking point, just he's so you there. Basically it's like they're hiding him. And so that's a very bad sign. And yeah. it could be that if Ashley Kalis is going to be there, they're afraid how he'll present against her because she may intellectually run circles around him. I, I don't know. I'm just speculating, but that could be one of the fears that they have that they, they backed out of it. But I think once again, it, all, the story for the governor, if he wants to save himself, he has to be strong. He has to be articulate. He has to be visible. And I don't think he, he's very good at any of those things. Um, and so they're going to hide him. And, and I think uh, just so people understand it again, folks, our segment is politics this week with me is Justin Katz, managing editor at anchorising.com. What's changed since he agreed to do the RIPEC situation? To me, Justin, so this falls on last week. You know, the poll numbers come out, they're terrible. But the journal headline, you know, McKee drops in polls, skips debate. I think it comes down to what you said, which is the, I believe it's the FBI probe. That's because that's what's changed. Nothing else has changed. If he first agreed to this back in, or they asked him in February, here we are, it's, it's you know, May 2nd. And then they said, well, we would rather wait until, you know, everyone is fully declared because you do have to do all the signatures and officially make sure that you're on the ballot. That'd be one thing. They confirmed twice. Uh, you're exactly right. It's it's a moving excuse, much like first it was vaccine incentive. Then it becomes that didn't work. Let's try retention bonuses. But I believe, you know, the ride pack, it's a luncheon. Um, he doesn't want to go to that. I, I don't think. And, and I think it comes down to, I believe it's the FBI probe. He doesn't want to be standing up there in front of a room full of people, and whether it's Matt Brown or Ashley Kalis. And I think it'd be one of those two, uh, simply because I don't think Nellie Gobea or Helena folks would, would go after it. But I, I think they would just talk about the FBI probe. And I also think the RIPEC luncheon is a lot of, influential individuals and people who are engaged in the system. And, and I think Governor McKee just doesn't want to have to be standing up there. And as they're watching that, they're going to learn about it. I mean, they're going to learn about it, I believe, anyway, on Thursday. But I think it begins and ends with with there. And, and Justin, actually, see, I don't think he has an explanation. He can't talk about it. If his, his attorneys would tell him not to talk about it. Um, I think he's got himself into a corner. So now he has to come up with these ridiculous lines that don't make sense that say you know uh well i'm not going to do it until july and and i'm not convinced he's going to do it um i'm not convinced he's going to debate in july either what do you think of the element though of if if i were governor mckee and you have all these democrat opponents which is one thing 
But then you include the Republican challenger. She could go in there with nothing to lose. I'm just I think that's also sloppy that they agreed to allow her to be included in this forum, because I think if they had objected, Rypek would have quickly like gotten her off the panel. Um, it's not we don't see a lot of this where, you know, you, you have the two parties represented. What do you think of the fact that they even allowed that or do you think it's good to have her on stage as well? Well, I, you know, I think it's honestly, I think it's good, but I, it, a lot of it depends on how how RIPAC is positioning this, right? If it's if it's really a forum, here are all the candidates for governor. I, I mean, it's one of those questions you talk about. Munez, I mean, at some point we'll be talking about uh, Michael Neary running for Congress. At some point, all organizations, news media organizations as well, have to figure out <laughs> what are our standards, right? And so, right. if if it's unless it's if it's billed as a as a sort of primary debate for among Democrats, then you exclude the Republican, but then you kind of have to do the opposite for the Republican. If his bill does get to know everybody who's coming and you're including yeah. some pretty fringe candidates, then I, I, it's hard to exclude the Republican. Um, I do think they are probably a little bit nervous of how she might perform compared to the governor. But as far as the, the FBI probe, I mean, he has to have an, an, an argument on that. And I, I've been in rooms with lots of lawyers having debates about strategy and they all disagree. And so there are, there are some, there would be some lawyers who would say, yeah, you need to get your story out there. And there would be others who say, just lay low and do nothing. Um, A lot of that depends how, how exposed you are criminally to actually having done something wrong. Uh, But it's not a good sign either way. If the governor can't come up with a strong line that he can get up there and articulate, especially because as you say, the other candidates are going to make sure that audience knows about these investigations if they know oh, if yeah. those candidates have any sense, political sense yes. at all. And so it's a, really a question of whether you're there to defend yourself or not. And even if you were to go and say, I can't talk about this, I did nothing, but I can't talk about it because it's under investigation. That would be better than just, I backed out at the last minute. That looks bad. Yeah. But I, I think, I think I, I agree. I think Ashley Kalis is probably going to be one of the ones pushing on that pretty hard. Um, but that's, you know, it, it makes for a better debate. So I, I could see the, the, leaders among the Democrats chafing and wanting her not on the stage. But uh, from my point of view, I think it's probably the right call. Folks, we're going to take a uh, short break, short break, much more ahead. Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com right here on the John DePietro show. Our second. J Perry paving folks, you can depend on J Perry paving. They provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service over 20 years experience specializing in commercial paving residential paving seal coating patios and much more call them today for a free quote 401-732-1730 j perry paving they are tremendous they also how about this once a month they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran and remember whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed Call J. Perry Paving for a free quote. It makes a huge difference in your property, in your home, in your driveway or patio. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. They're terrific. Hey, get that driveway paved. Call and book an appointment now. 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. This politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor at AnchorRising.com. Justin, speaking of the Republican candidate for governor, she is Ashley Kalis. She got some good press. I want to give credit. Kathy Gregg was really digging into the story last week of why did she lose the contract that she had with the state? You know, what has now become very common with Governor McKee, of course, she lost the contract and the contract went to a McKee crony who he happens to play golf with at Pawtucket Country Club. But what do you make of the fact, what do you think of her new television spot that's on television? She's in the ring as a fighter. And also, what do you make of the fact that she's the only candidate who is up on television right now? And when you, you know, you look at the field, Helena Folks certainly has the money, could be. She's not up on television. Um, I mean, we're into May. The early voting starts in August. So, and then you could, you could certainly... Um, you know, make a strong argument that not a lot of people are watching television in, in July. So you, you have this May, June, you know, pot- potential audience. But what, what do you what do you make of the fact that that she is the only candidate for governor? Seth Magazine is not up at CD2, but folks 
I don't know how much money Gorbea has. There's no McKee ad either. But what do you make of the fact she's the only one, the new person in from out of town, and she's up on television? Well, I mean, that's I think that's kind of the explanation, right? She has to be. I remember years and years ago, Don Cochiri was out well in advance with with ads and, and such saying, you know, hi, this is me. <laughs> this is my right. face. Uh, and in fact, early on, when when there was we were getting teased by the Republican Party in Rhode Island that there was a candidate out there, I was saying, well, this person needs to be visible unless there's somebody we all know. And we'll say, oh, of course, this person needs to be out there just being seen. And I think that's that's the key for her. And so I think I think that's why she's on TV and it's, it's a good move. And she, she presents well. Uh, I mean, you could tweak some critique, some of their, their production choices, but um, she, I, I also, I do like the, the sense of her as a, a fighter. It does contrast with, you know, it can't, well, first of all, it, it sort of, it's, it gives you a, a way to pick up on some of that Republican MAGA energy, the fighter, um, without having to, to articulate support for any particular policy. So I think it's, it's good in that regard. And I think it's a strong contrast with, with the, the, Demo- the female Democrats who, who aren't, uh, you know, you can't picture them in a boxing match, right? And so, so it, it, I think she, she's certainly charting out a, a, a good lane uh, and a unique one that'll, that'll help her stand out if, if it's not too late to, to kind of get, get her face out there and, and be seen. I don't know I, how how much as you say in the summer people are going to be paying much attention uh, and I, I don't know how much people watch a lot of these this the standard tv shows these days anyway i think that's a diminishing return but uh, but it's an obvious move and i think it's good what if, she's doing what about it. you justin no let me ask we'll both i don't know the answer to this have you she this is her second commercial have you seen either one of her ads on television <laughs> no no because i don't watch television um, oh, exactly no <laughs> yeah but here's the thing i haven't either I mean, if I just look at this past weekend, I did watch the Celtics game, some of it. I didn't see it there. Um, I I did watch shows on HBO Max. I did watch shows on Netflix. Obviously, you don't see it there. I I have YouTube TV. I did watch Meet the Press, ABC's This Week. And then I can fast forward through the commercials. So I, I don't think I saw it there. I may have stopped. But I think the dynamic has changed of... People, uh, you know, I think habits have really changed in coming out of COVID uh, this weekend. People were out. The roads were packed. I just wonder if she is following the old playbook. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I just don't think people are watching a lot of television anymore. If I want to see something in the news, I just then go to the let's just say Channel 10. I go to their website. I pull up the story. And I watch it there. I'm not watching it in their broadcast. Therefore, I'm not seeing any television commercials. But see, I just wonder if they know something that that she doesn't. That right now, it's I think it's difficult. I you know how do you reach the general public right now? I think it's very scattered. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of the coverage I've seen her in social media accounts, she is out and about, you know, meeting people in, right. at events and going. So, so she's doing that footwork as well. And I think you, you can't discount. It's it's the a tough. The big, have we seen the end of the big TV campaigns? I just wonder. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's not the most effective way to try to reach the public anymore. Although it does. I mean, it, I don't know what the rates are these days, but it does. It is a helpful thing. I mean, for one thing, it, the, the news reporters like to trace who's spending money, especially on advertising on their networks. True. Right. So so that helps get attention to it. And a lot of people can see it online. I, I think it it does speak to some of the the way you produce things. The the 30 second to a minute long TV spot is a much different work of video than a 10 second to 30 second uh, social media hit. Uh, and so I think that that's going to be more and more important. But I think at this early stage, any any people she can reach, particularly as a Republican, you're probably you and I are, are very technologically savvy uh, and heavy consumers of news. So we go out in search of it on our own schedule and, and so forth. Uh, but there, there are a lot of people. I remember when it, when I first started paying attention and people would say, oh, WJAR is by far the top. And it's all the people. That's just what they do. It's on in the background. They watch it all day. Uh, they're, they feel like part of their family, whereas WPRI was more the hip uh, new media kind of a, a legacy video, uh, news station. So I, I think there still are a lot of people in, in Rhode Island and they probably 
more heavily aligned with the Republican base, I would think. So there's still there's still some value in it, not only for the audience, but also for for impressing the media by giving them money so that they'll they'll think they'll take you seriously as a candidate. And I think those are probably worth it. But I think there's she definitely should. I mean, contrast with Fung, who got a ton of earned media, so to speak, on social media just by releasing a logo. I mean, that that was a very savvy use of of social media. And I think that's something that they there's still a lot of space for them to take advantage of that. I think the candidates over the next few months are going to find it challenging. How do you reach the general public? I mean, the, the, the days of people watching, you know, they put on ABC at eight o'clock and watch three hours of prime time. I, I can't tell you the right. last. I mean, it's been years since I watched television during something like that. Um, I, I think habits have changed dramatically. Plus, the weather is nice. Plus, people are cooped up with COVID. I think they're going to find a challenge. I also want to and we're going to talk about it these voting bills because i think that's really where things are shifting of of how the candidates are going to operate where they're putting i think where they're putting their money folks quick break much more ahead politics this week justin katz managing editor anchorising.com right here on the john DePietro show the problem with your heating system call re coogan heating today 401 732 24-hour emergency service Gas boiler, oil burner, Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. They're helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Explore their services. Look for them on Facebook and the website is recooganheating.com. Residential services, as Coogie says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Plumbing, heating, and cooling from winter to summer. Trained technicians provide 100% service one customer at a time. Service calls, maintenance agreements, installation. RE Coogan Heating, proud to help residential customers, and they pride themselves making customer service and satisfaction a top priority. Call them today. Now it's cold, it's going to remain cold. Call Coogan Heating today, 401 732 6562. It's Coogie, it's 24 hour emergency service. Hey, not long ago, our hot water tank gave out. What did I do? Did I panic? Did I try to fix it? I called Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. Look for them on Facebook, and then the website is recooganheating.com. Our, our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor at anchorising.com. So, Justin, the Senate did pass these new voting provisions, and— I learned over the weekend that it, it seems as though the House is also going to pass them. This waves the element of a, of a notary for the mail ballots. It opens up early voting. It opens up more more early voting, more mail ballot voting, whatever you want to call it. Even though I have a problem with, even with the term mail ballot because, number one, they're not even mailing it. The people that were caught, uh, they're the only ones. It's, it's mail fraud by mailing it. They, they've set up these drop boxes. Uh, so you don't have to mail it. So then you don't get, you know, in any type of trouble if there's something wrong with the ballot. Number two, I think they should just call them it's it's Dropbox votes, because if if I hire you for a campaign, I'm not paying you to go out and get ballots for the other candidate. <laughs> I'm paying you to come out and deliver ballots to me. So they're really not ballots. They're they're votes. That's what they are. When you know, and I go back to that. You remember the August 2017 special election, Newport with Senate Teresa Fiveweed's open seat. That that woman girl that was hired, she went out and got 230 votes. That's what it was. Um, they didn't pay her. I think she got four thousand dollars. They didn't pay her that money to go out and get 50-50. It's you're getting ballot harvesting for your candidate. But I believe what we're going to really see over the next few months. Helena, folks, has a lot of the Ramundo people. Ramundo went all in on the mail ballots in 2018. Would the people realize it or not? And I don't think it's a good thing. I think it's a bad thing. I don't see anyone that's going to stop it. But I think what we are going to see is elections will be decided before Election Day. Uh, there's going to be so much just that ballot harvesting campaigns, third party that on election day, when people go to the polls, they may not realize it. But the, to me, I think that the election will already be decided because there's going to be such an emphasis on grabbing all those votes in the weeks leading up to it. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think people need to understand what, what ballot harvesting actually is. It's, so basically, this is candidates will often spending a lot of money on, on market data will find figure out who they think will vote for them. They then send people to their houses and help them fill out ballots and then deliver those ballots uh, for them to a ballot drop box or to, to the town hall or wherever the, the place might be. I mean, this is it's literally you go out, you figure out who would be willing to put your name on a ballot and then go get make sure that they do it. it and uh, many times register them to vote as well. Yeah, if, you, if you're starting in advance. And I mean, that's why Raimondo was good at it. Part of the reason was she had a ton of money. And yeah. so that's that's where it's going. And it's not so it's not even it's not even you know a level of support. It used to be, you know, you felt kind of awkward if people were voting for people just because they, they came and knocked on a door and smiled. Right. You know, that kind of like not a good reason to vote for somebody. But this is even beyond that. This is just, is. hey, here, fill this out. OK, I'll take it for you. You know, it's just and, and then that. So in itself, it's almost kind of a fraud on the idea of our system. Yeah. But but then if you come up short, which, you know, a lot of people think is what happened in 2020 in a presidential race. If you come up short, this this really leaves a lot of room for for just fraudulent things to happen. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Three people were caught with with registered in multiple states. But, you know, keep in mind, and a lot of the Democrats were saying, well, that, that was only three and we caught them. See, <laughs> which we don't do with other kinds of corruption. So it was only it's only one person taking money for as a bribe. See, and we caught them. So obviously corruption isn't a problem in government. I mean, that's you just don't you don't do that. But that's what it, the easier you make it the more you'll get. And that took a national nonprofit in another working in another state. And then that state tipping off Rhode Island for us to catch two of the three people. The other was a complaint, but the it's going to become impossible. And you're going to start seeing things that are, that are inexplicable. And, and every, every time, and this is really visible at the national level. Some of the crazy things the Biden administration is doing when, when, the government is doing inexplicable things that don't seem to follow what the people want. We're going to see a lot of this with climate change, by the way. Then and and they're doing this kind of thing with the ballots. You really very quickly completely lose trust in the system yes. because it does not seem like they're it does not seem like they're trying to represent the people. And then it does not it's not obvious that the people are being are actually getting to vote for the the results that they want. At best, you get this sense of almost like a you know the the predetermined outcome and there might be some phantom voters out there who support this policy that somehow you can't see in polls or when you're talking to people or anything like that and yet the same people keep winning i mean this is how you get really very quickly to a a banana republic kind of an atmosphere and it comes down to the trust at that ballot box when you know every you can go there you vote you look around you see all the your neighbors you know they're at least they're there voting they call the name out just yeah exactly the whole thing and maybe you know i I, some my earliest voting experiences in rhode island were seeing the guy who looked like kind of you know like a road worker saying turning around saying hey i see tom didn't vote go call him you know so that was kind of like all right whatever but at least you knew these were people registered to vote they had they were there and they were voting for their interests you you don't even have that now and it's it's sort of like sort of like social media accounts you don't know how many likes and such people genuinely have and it'll be exactly like that because it'll be so fabricated and it's such a horrible way to go and it's so obvious uh and but they they've got to do it because they they don't want to they can't run things well in rhode island and they don't want to even if they could you think you get the impression and i want people to understand again folks with sweet with justin katz i've said that it's politics this week you think you know years ago you'd go up on television you'd make your you know campaign make your pitch these are the issues vote for me go door to door you know get out the lawn signs and then election day hope that people were going to get out to vote, sometimes deliver people to the polls. They've decided, you know, why take the chance? Instead of just, you know, the candidate going door to door, send campaign workers to their house and collect their ballot in case the person has to work and doesn't go to the polls or they don't feel well or it's raining out or whatever it is. But they have taken out But what people need to also understand, Justin, with this third party ballot harvesting, and that's what it is, and and that is this isn't a a family member or anything like that. Uh, You go back to 2016, Steve Fry is think Matty Yellow, and on election night, Matty Yellow said, I won. I have 500 mail ballot votes. Do you come back to how would he know of all those mail ballots that were collected? How did he know that they were for him? (laughs) But it answers the question. If you and I are hired to work on the Helena Folks campaign, 
They're not paying us to go out and then, oh, okay, oh, the person, oh, did you vote for Matt Brown? Then, then we're not delivering it. Or we're going to put a line through several candidates to lend, then the ballot's invalid. We are getting paid to deliver votes for the candidate, period, end of story. That's why then they go to the drop box and you could drop off 500 ballots, 1,000 ballots. That election that I reference in Newport, so they made that worker a notary. So she notarized 230 mail ballots. As you know, Justin, what they're about to do is, is lift that. So someone, the Helena Folks campaign, they hire me or, or you know, Nellie Gorbea, whoever. I, I can go collect 2,000 ballots. And, and if I go to a certain area where I know there's a lot of non-English speaking people and, and I, I speak Spanish or I have a translator with me, we're going to register them a vote. We have an address. And now, boom, I could deliver, I could deliver 3,000 votes uh, for, for my candidate. What I believe, Justin, as much as we hear all this talk about democracies under attack, I think that's the biggest example where democracy is under attack, where elections will be decided before the polls open on election day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it, it's it's a, like a, a layered tier of, of different levels of fraud. I mean, on the it first is. on the first fraud. level. Yeah, absolutely. On the first level, you you know, you got news media, you've got narrative spin. And so people aren't really dealing with correct information. On the next level, you've got the ballot harvesting, as you described it, where you're actually going out and getting the ballots from people so they don't even have to bother going uh, on election day and on the next level you've got just fabricating uh, ballots and that that comes in at the end and yeah. you just ramp it up as 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 much as the polling tells you you need to ramp it up that's right. what you go ahead and do uh and and to some extent even if this is largely speculative the idea that you're making it so easy to commit fraud even if we yeah. lived in an almost perfect society the fact that it's so easy makes it start to you know make raises doubts which is which is death to a, yes. a, a, a society that's supposed to be cooperative and everybody's trusting that our, our system is at least, you know, I, I didn't win this election, but at least, at least I know I had a chance, a fair chance. Once that goes, all bets are off and people start, they'll take matters into their own hands. And in Rhode Island, that, that means often just leaving the state, which is why we're seeing, you know, that's right. few, a shrinking population and, and almost lost our, our congressional seat unless, you know, the Biden administration had come in and saved us. Uh, so this, it's, it's so, so horrible and poisonous. It's, it's just shocking to me and speaks to kind of the fundamental corruption and untrustworthiness of the people who are passing this legislation. And something that I just, before we move on, what I don't think is communicated effectively enough, and I know it was last week, Chairwoman Cianchi and Senator Jessica De La Cruz had a press briefing. They had the media's attention, but to me, they just, they didn't make, what people don't understand is in other states, ballot harvesting is illegal. Rhode Island is doing many things. Now, you never hear that around here. But as I have on, you know, leading experts on voting in different states, we're doing things that, that aren't allowed in other states. I don't think that argument is made clear enough to, I know, to the general public, because the message goes, we have to make it easier for people. And isn't this great? And all these people are voting and da, da, da. But what they don't understand is there are other states that are doing just the opposite. Now, Justin, I want to get your thought on there's two high level progressives, elected officials, Sam Bell, uh, State Senator Sam Bell, and also State Senator Tierra Mack. I think what we've witnessed in the last two weeks, they both finally got the attention they wanted on, on matters that were important to them. Bell, which was, you know, we're going to start to find people on the vaccinations. And then Tierra Mack is on this pleasure-based sex education. Both not only got, you know, basically hammered on this and exposed and people fleeing, taking their names off the bill and didn't want to be part of it. But there's an immediate reaction where they post supposed, you know, negative comments they get from people and they flip it around and quickly say, uh, excuse me, I'm a victim here. So you therefore you can't criticize me. You know, they, they wait for their moment and think everyone's going to embrace their their progressive idea. And when it goes the opposite, they quickly put up the shield and say, oh, I'm inoculated. You can't you can't attack me. You can't criticize me because I'm a victim. Yeah, this is one of them where there's where there's glimmer of hope. This is one of those areas because they I think I think they've 
they overestimated how much sort of the racist card works and how much the, yep. the look, I'm hated. You must come to my defense card right. works. And, and it's starting to become very phony. I, and I, I know you caught one from Tierra Mac where, oh, yeah. I mean, she's, she posted this one and it was really, it was really terrible. Like if you, if it you is. thought what would be the worst message oh, I could God. send to a person, right. it's, it's up there and it's got the racism and the, the attack on her sexuality and, yeah. and violence. And I mean, it's, it, it seems like it was made up to fit a template, well, it, it, which it really does. Yeah, exactly. And, and the picture that donate here. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and I mean, you can dig into these things. And in that one in particular, it's a guy with almost no posts. They're all about they're all from a motorcycle. And a picture of him looks like like somebody took a, a photo of some race car driver from a magazine and, and scanned it in. It just doesn't. It maybe he's real, maybe. But you know, then he's going to have a trouble with the police when they find him. But uh, it just feels phony. And when you get these like rapid fire, but as you mentioned, between Bell and Tierra Mac, and I'm sure we'll see more in the near future, it just starts. Yeah, whatever. This is just made up. Uh, and it, it, to me, the worst part for them is that it it ties into this narrative that they're just not serious people. They're like children playing a game and it's a dangerous game that hurts people and makes people dislike each other and causes division in our society. And they, they could be, if, if our society still has some health, they could be headed for a real crack up as people just really say, you know what, you're not who I thought you were. Get off the, get off the public stage. Yeah. It, and, and maybe they're surprised, but I, I think they do um, use it almost as a shield. Two other quick uh, stories. Justin, what do you make of this happy hour bill of, uh, of, of how it's passed? It, it, I, I just find it to be tone deaf, especially in my neck of the woods, where you've had two young people, uh, who, two teens who were killed by older drunk drivers. This is not, you know, years ago, they say the dangers of teen drinking and driving and around proms and homecoming and graduation, some teenagers would be involved. Th these are adults that are drinking and driving and then taking the life of teens. I, I don't know. I, I also, it's the progressives that kind of embrace it. You know, the progressives, they take this attitude of like, Hey, you know, stuff happens. And, um, but what do you, what do you make of these happy hour, this happy hour bill that passed? Uh, well, you know, I, I come at it from different angles. I think a lot yeah. of those sorts of things are, they're symptoms, right? So there's something going on that's making our society more dangerous in this very narrow way. And we, we kind of address the, the symptoms and not the causes. You know, why is it, if it's increasing in commonness, why is that happening? What can we do to fix it? And then you try to fix it in ways that preserve people's freedom. So I, I, I'm actually, I, I don't think banning happy hour is, is the way to really go on this. And I'm actually kind of surprised, you know, leading the charge for in some part was uh, House Minority Leader Blake, Blake Filippi, Filippi, who was yeah. who was an independent first right. before he was Republican on on kind of libertarian grounds. So it, yes. which makes it kind of surprising to me. So, you know, I, I, I think it's fewer restrictions is better. And don't don't try to ban ordinary behavior to to because some people abuse it and do things they shouldn't uh, that and that's kind of my view and I, I think it we we tend to I don't know not look at try to define the real problems and that's that's def, that really defines what Rhode Island does it's why our state is failing because we we keep trying to hide yes. what the real problems are and that, so that I put it in that category but of course it's, it's not that big a deal happy hour in my view in, in, at the very least, you'd think there'd be a company legislation to toughen up the laws. It's also right. was pointed out to me also, as much as someone says, oh, it's easy to hop in an Uber. Well, I, you know, every weekend, uh, people right around 1230, one o'clock in the morning, I, I hear nonstop complaints from people that they can't they can't get an Uber at that time <laughs> because there's such demand for that. So it's not as easy as people think. The final thing is the video. We did see the video of the arrest of this CB2 candidate, Democrat Michael Neary. Um, he did feed a new line that I'm going to start to use, which is you get stopped by the police, you just keep saying, I'm running for Congress in Rhode <laughs> Island. But do you think um, there was some parts of that that I almost felt the media was happy to release the video. If that had been, you know, he's a white male, uh, something went on in Ohio. I just wonder if they would have released and run that video if this was you know, a, a female of color, a male of color, someone, a minority, if, if they would have so gleefully run that video. 
Yeah, I don't I don't know. It, it was interesting. I like that idea. Not only am I running for Congress, but it really it's it's police work. He seemed like there was something off, like somebody yes. who was very nervous, obviously. And and as the policeman said, I'll be honest with you, I think you're on something. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, he, he seemed to be floundering and just trying to convince the police of something is hard to say. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was he cuts an interesting character. So at that level of extreme extremity, uh, you know, I think it does get news, whether it would be gleeful or whether it would be, you know, we've seen I guess we've seen so much coverage, I mean, of covering as in covering up for people who are in those protected categories when they behave badly. I think you may be right that that would have been kind of shuffled under the rug, particularly in a field of largely light skinned candidates yeah. um, that that would have been the one to protect there. And we, we have a little bit of evidence of that. You know, was it Tierra Mac had a, a driving incident yeah. not long ago? No and it, it, yeah, exactly. So there, there's some, this was kind of though between, between the kind of bizarre interest of the story, I think that might've gotten it over the line, no matter. I mean, he, he followed this couple uh, and then, behave very strangely with the police and, and he's staying in a race which blows my staying mind in you know, the race it's, it's sort of you know logic. yeah his yeah. his loved ones ought to be saying you know this is not good for you get out no, of this you're not but, a uh, yeah folks again he is the managing editor anchorising.com our segment politics this week he's justin cast justin great job as always things are heating up and we'll talk to you again thank you john a great pleasure to check out our website dipetro.com dipetro.com which is sponsored by and brought to you by the Senadale revival comfort food and cocktails located 2025 smith street in north providence shane and his crew what a wonderful job they've done winner of several rhode island best of awards best of rhode island awards the Senadale revival delicious food cocktails a lot of fun stop it and see them 2025 smith street in north providence Brothers Disposal. Call Brothers Disposal today. Get a purple dumpster for your driveway. How do you know it's Brothers Disposal? Because it's a purple dumpster. Look for them on Facebook and give them a call for an estimate. 401-688-0517. Get a dumpster in your driveway. Maybe you're cleaning out your basement, your garage, unwanted belongings. Maybe you just have some things in boxes that you've never taken out. Clean it out with Brothers Disposal. They're also now offering weekly trash collection services. Call Brother Roland today at Brothers Disposal, 401 401- 6880517 whether it's a small household construction project or you just need a dumpster to get rid of some unwanted belongings call brothers disposal today come on brother call brothers disposal 401-6880517 look for them on facebook brothers disposal get a dumpster in your driveway 401-688-0517 you're listening to the john DePietro show on am 1380 99.9 fm folks remember you can always listen online at our website dipetro.com check out the website dipetro.com we have original unique exclusive stories videos content all our links to social media facebook twitter instagram youtube it's all right there and that's also the best way to reach me log on at the website depetro.com dipetro.com portion of the program brought to you by the coincid in Check them out on the website, dipetro.com, the Coesed Inn or Rhode Island tradition since 1977, located 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge, whether a nice dinner or even just appetizers. There's always a great crowd. You can link directly to them, and gift certificates are available, the Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. Into Brood Awakenings and discover the Brood Difference Two locations in Johnston, also in Cranston, Pontiac Avenue, and then also Bald Hill Road in Warwick. Brood Awakenings, they're local, fresh ingredients, cozy environment, great comfortable chairs, delicious breakfast sandwiches, lunch, great drinks and coffee, and plenty of room to spread out and meet people. I'll see you, and you'll discover the Brood difference at Brood Awakenings.